Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Vitality Explorer podcast. My name is Dr. Alan Mishra. Our goal, our purpose with the podcast, as always, is to try to enhance your vitality. Let's start off with a quote like we typically do. In fact, I've got two quotes. Here's the first one. Quote, coffee smells like freshly ground heaven. That's from Jesse Lane Adams. The second one is, quote, sleep is a symptom of caffeine uh, deprivation. Sleep is a symptom of caffeine deprivation. That was unknown. I like the second one there. All right, so what we try to do here on the Vitality Explorer podcast is to enhance your physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. We do that by providing scientific data based on literature whenever possible about how to improve each one of those parameters of your well-being. You can find the references to what we're doing in the Vitality Explorer Substack site. There are over 400 scientific posts and podcasts up there. Again, the core things we focus on are vitality as a skill and vitality is a gift you give yourself by taking ownership over your decisions. So this week, we're going to talk about three different things. First is educated coffee drinkers versus meat-smoking men. This is kind of a crazy one. Number two is coffee hacks you into a flow state. And the third is life lessons from poker great Phil Helmuth. All right. So the first one, again, you can check out Vitality Explorers.substack.com if you want to see the references. And uh, you can also post your comments below. But the idea of trying to understand what are the factors that slow or accelerate aging is a, is a really primary thing we've been focusing on in Vitality Explorers. And, and trying to answer this question of how can we best slow down the aging process? Uh, longevity research is clearly a hot topic, but new data from a paper suggests the following paper, following parameters are associated with slower aging. Number one, drinking coffee. Number two, I'm not in any particular order, by the way. Uh, number, uh, number one, drinking coffee. Number two, consistent physical activity. Number three, eating more veggies, vegetables. Number four, higher levels of education. Number five, practicing yoga. And number six, uh, getting better sleep. And this title of the paper we're going to review in this part of the podcast is Analysis of Epigenetic Clocks Links Yoga, Sleep, Education, Reduced Meat Intake, coffee and a specific gene to slower epigenetic aging. So the opposite of, of um, slower aging is faster aging. And they, this particular paper found three specific things. Being a smoker, which makes sense. Eating too much meat, another thing that's common. And then being male. All were associated with faster aging according to the data in the paper. All right, and they presented the data in sort of graphical format and then they used a variety of different epigenetic clocks or biologic clocks. We've talked about these before in Vitality Explorers. They look for a variety of parameters within your genes and then the genes around your genes, excuse me, the, the, the things that surround your genes, which are sort of signaling switches called your epigenetics uh, and a variety of other ones. But they have fancy names, um, PhenoAge Excel, GrimAge Excel, FitAge Excel, things like that. And you can see a, a graph on the Vitality Explorer Substack site where um, these variety of parameters are looked at in terms of does it accelerate or slow down aging. So I had a little bit of trouble trying to remember all of these positive parameters. And then I started reducing them to um, six letters, C-A-V-E-Y, all right, and S, I guess, the fourth, the third, the sixth letter, C-A-V-E-Y-S, for coffee, physical activity, 
vegetables, education, yoga, and sleep. So I didn't actually know what a cavy is, but I looked it up and cavy is a Scottish word for a hen coop. All right, there's a, there's a good Scrabble word for you if you want. Um, but that led me to start to think of a visual picture of what are these things so I could try to remember all of them. And then I came up with this idea of a, uh, of a hen in a warrior yoga pose, punched that into some you know, AI generating tools that are for images and came up with this kind of powerful looking hen in a, in a warrior yoga pose that you can see on the Vitality Explorer Substack site to help me remember the word KV or KVs for coffee, remember coffee, activity, eating vegetables, education, higher levels of education, yoga, and sleep. So I think we want to be more like a warrior, um, you know, hen than we want to be a, a, a dude, by the way, which is the opposite. I created an image of a dude uh, smoking a big steak over a barbecue pit uh, to help me remember that eating too much meat, smoking of any kind, and being male are all associated with faster aging. All right, again, I, I, I try to create these images tell these little mini stories because I think it helps us remember the things that are most important. The researchers then dug deeper and found an association uh, between a variation of a specific gene uh, and, and slower aging. And that gene has the fancy names, you know, SOCS2, okay? And then there's something called a SNP, but we don't need to get into that too much. But essentially this gene is associated with uh, critical roles in fat deposition, muscle development, our, our central nervous system, and mitochondria. Uh, and in a later post, we'll take a dive into it because I think what they were looking at is not just sort of the parameters that we can modify, like how much meat we eat or how many vegetables we eat, but also some of our genetics that are associated with either faster or slowing aging. And again, this is a very, very fluid moving and fast moving um, area of research. But this new paper confirms that we, I think, are partially in control of how fast we age. We can decide if we want to drink coffee or not. We can decide um, how much physical activity or vegetables we, or how much physical activity we get or how many vegetables we eat. We can do our best to enhance our education. We can consider practicing some yoga. And certainly optimizing our sleep is to some extent within our control. We have some agency over all of those. And maybe just a stretch to think, of a cavy or a warrior hen drinking some coffee as a way to remember these parameters. But I do think it helps, it works for me. These silly images are something I started doing when I was in medical school to help me remember long lists of pharmacologic um, parameters or anatomic parameters. And when, when I start thinking like a warrior, excuse me, a hen doing a warrior thing, I, I, maybe it's not the perfect analogy, but certainly the dude smoking meat over a barbecue will help us realize that we shouldn't be um, smoking or eating too much meat. I hope this has been, uh, this particular one's been interesting. You can post your comments on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. We've talked about this before in, in terms of seven, seven ways to reverse your biologic age. You can see that on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, as well as the references and abstract to the specific paper. We're going to continue in that coffee mode with the second thing to talk about this week, and that is how coffee hacks you into a flow state, okay? And flow is a cognitive state of peak performance. And the concept of flow includes characteristics such as extreme focus, uh, total task absorption, um, and it's very, uh, very interesting because this paper we're gonna go over 
entitled Using Caffeine as a Chemical Means to Induce Flow States. That's the title of the paper. And that paper discussed several key elements to being in a flow state. And I think these are all fascinating. Uh, again, not in any particular order here, but number one, flow is associated with complete concentration on the present task. Number two, this is kind of an interesting one. Number two is a merger of action and awareness. Number three is a distorted sense of time. Number four is a sense of complete control. And number five is enhanced performance overall. All right, so concentration on the present task, merger of action and awareness, distorted, distorted sense of time. So sort of you can be sitting and doing something for hours and not even understanding how long you were there. Also a complete sense of control. And then finally, enhanced performance. So getting into a flow state has obvious value. Um, but the, the fascinating part is caffeine can, in a variety of forms, that could be in coffee, that could be in tea, energy drinks, seems to facilitate flow. And the question, the biologic question, which we're going to try to answer here, is how does that work? So again, we can consume it in, in a variety of different beverages, but caffeine is a powerful psychoactive substance that has a variety of different physiologic effects. When you drink coffee or tea or an energy drink, the maximum blood concentrations occur about 30 to 60 minutes after you drink it. This is, this is something called the half-life. So half of that amount, by the way, is still in your system five hours later. So when you drink a cup of coffee at three or four in the afternoon, by 10 o'clock at night, that is still partially in your system. Okay, that's why it's important not to drink coffee, tea, or other caffeinated beverages in the afternoon, because that can lead to difficulty falling asleep. And here's why. A little bit of biology for everybody out there. If you're listening to the Vitality Explorer Substack site, you're going to get a minor in biology after 2024. But here's why that happens. Adenosine is a naturally occurring chemical in your body. And if you accumulate too much adenosine, or not accumulate too much, but as you accumulate adenosine, it's associated with a sense of sleepiness. But caffeine blocks the accumulation of adenosine by binding to one of its, one of its receptors on the cell surface. This decreases drowsiness and results in improved performance. Okay, there's other things that caffeine does to help us get into a flow state. And here's three of them. Number one, greater energetic arousal, improved mood via upregulation of dopamine receptors in the reward areas of our brain. So it's literally a drug that helps stimulate the dopamine in your brain. Number two, this is obvious, increased alertness, and it, but it occurs via noradrenaline release. So that's like a cousin of adrenaline, and they're also known as epinephrine and norepinephrine. But caffeine results in more of that, and that leads to more alertness. And the final one, the third one is, I love this one, lower effort aversion. Okay, we'll talk about that in a little bit more. But caffeine lowers your aversion to actually working. Crazy, but true. Now, a lot of people are interested in caffeine as a physical performance enhancer, and it does seem to improve your speed, power, and agility, according to the paper, in doses of about two to 400 milligrams. And a, and a typical cup of coffee contains around 80 to 100 grams of caffeine. So there is data out there. A lot of people will, will suggest that caffeine can help them do better uh, at whatever their workout is. And there's actually data, scientific data, supporting that. So it seems that you know caffeine is a physical and mental uh, enhancer, but too much of it, too much caffeine can induce stress, 
anxiety, and even panic, okay? So if you're looking for flow, there might be an optimal amount of caffeine or coffee that you can take before you get stressed, overwhelmed, or panicked. So again, moderation. And um, I, I don't know exactly what it is for everybody, but for me, it is somewhere between one and two cups of coffee per day that seem to be okay for me and help me to help stimulate what I like. I also love coffee personally. Disclaimer to that, I am a coffee aficionado. Um, and sort of the analysis uh, and recommendations based on this data suggest that caffeine consumption is a way to improve your flow state. Um, I think that's confirmed by, I, I looked it up, but it looks like there's over 150 million Americans who drink coffee on a daily basis. There's probably over 200 plus million people or maybe 250 million people if you include coffee, tea drinkers, and energy drink energy uh, drinkers. Energy type of drinkers. <laughs> I should say energy drink drinkers. Well, I couldn't get that up very well. Um, but I think the idea, the most important idea that's based in this paper is that caffeine lowers our effort aversion. Okay, so if we are adverse to doing something that we, you know, we're adverse to working, having a cup of coffee might help us get in the mood to do some working. So it's cool that science seems to confirm that there's some value in that. Uh, please post your comments about these first two on the Vitality Explorer Substack site or below uh, on this podcast. Um, you can also look at other posts that we have on the Vitality Explorer podcast and site that talk about how caffeine can actually help boost your brain, okay? And all the, the abstract and data can be found there. We're going to finish this week's Vitality Explorer podcast talking about life lessons from poker greatest of all time or GOAT, Phil Helmuth, H-E-L-L-M-U-T-H. And so he gave a lecture last week at Stanford. He was invited by the Stanford Speaker Bureau, and I got a chance to go there. Uh, Phil is the 17-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner, um, and he was in, in, interviewed by uh, an investor friend of his, and, and you can see some pictures of this on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Uh, but it's Bestie Ch Chamath. Talk to him about it. And here are the top three lessons I learned from listening to Phil and Chamath at that lecture at Stanford last week. Number one, you are in the right place at the right time. Number two, hate hurts you. Number three, get reps in failure mode so you learn how not to break. Okay? Um, so the first one is... Right place, right time. And Phil began by talking by explaining the value of appreciating the present moment, or what I call living in the now. And we're, we're just inundated with alerts from our phones and endless other interruption that rob us of the precious present. And Phil suggested that we slow down, which I agree, and search for opportunities to appreciate our immediate circumstances. Okay. We're just running around sometimes like a chicken with our head cut off. We don't even just pause for a second and recognize that there are opportunities right in front of us, but we are distracted. So again, this is number one. Wherever we are, we are in the right place at the right time, and we should push pause in our frenetic lives and return to living in the now. This is even or potentially especially true if the circumstances are not awesome, if you're suffering in some way. Why is that? You don't want to wallow in it, but try to understand whatever it is and try to uh, try to learn from that. And ob obviously, if it's the opposite of something's amazing going on, don't be staring at your phone. Just enjoy the moment and try to remember it. Number two, hate hurts you. Phil then told a story about how a poker player cheated him out of $28,000. And he had lockdown proof of the cheating. 
And so um, when, he, when he found out about it, and when Phil's friends found out about it, they said to Phil, quote, fry him. Well, Phil was about ready to enter a big poker tournament. In fact, a huge poker tournament at the Foxwood Casino, which is out on the East Coast, when he ran into the guy who was the cheater. Can you imagine that? You, you know this guy's taking 28 grand from you, and you just ran into him. And Phil did something amazing in that moment. He chose to forgive the guy, not fry him. He chose to forgive him, not fry him. He let it go, and he focused on the high-stakes poker tournament that he had just entered. So amazingly, he went really deep into that event and cashed for $280,000. So exactly 10 times what the guy owed him. And here's what Phil said, which I think is fascinating. He credited his forgiveness of the guy with allowing him to have such a great result. Instead of hating the guy, remember remember the titles, hate hurts here. Instead of hating the guy for stealing 28 grand from him, he released that negative energy and focused on his job, which at that time was to play great poker. Well, the guy eventually paid Phil back in full and is now one of his greatest defenders whenever Phil gets upset and uh, acts out with his poker brat antics. So remember, the first lesson is you're in the right place at the right time. The second is hate hurts you. And the third is pretty interesting. And this one came from Shamath, and that is get reps in failure mode. All right. So this is an excellent piece of advice for anybody and everybody, but especially the fancy uh, students, staff, and faculty that were gathered at Stanford to hear, hear Phil's talk. Who wants to get reps in failure mode? But he suggested that we do that so we get reps in failure mode so we can learn how not to break. Because we're going to fail. But guess what? If you fail but don't break, you don't lose. So I think this is a stellar vitality suggestion because none of us want to fail. We'll do almost anything to avoid it. But how are we going to learn not to break if we never fail? Okay, so kind of a, an interesting thing to think about. Remember these again. Number one, you're in the right place at the right time. Number two, hate hurts you. And number three, get reps in failure mode. So a disclaimer on this, I've been a close friend of Phil's for almost 20 years. He's taught me how to play Hold'em, Texas Hold'em poker um, for many, uh, about many years ago. And he's invited me to play with him and many of his celebrity friends uh, over and over again. And learning about poker is something I've really enjoyed and it's actually enhanced my people reading skills, which is interestingly, I think helped me become a better physician because I'm more aware of people's emotions and whether they're feeling anxious or not when we're talking about certain things. Uh, there's also a picture of Phil and I backstage at the Stanford, just before the Stanford talk uh, with Phil enjoying his favorite snack, which are Sour Patch Kids. And I, I'm not a big fan, but I tried one of these watermelon ones and I got to tell you, it is really stimulating. So I get why he sometimes eats it at a poker table because it certainly woke me up with its sour taste. All right, so um, here again are the primary lessons, just as a reminder that I learned from Phil's talk. Focus on the now and search for opportunities to stay in the present moment. Number two, release your hate, replace it with forgiveness. And number three is failure can be an excellent instructor uh, to teach us how not to break. So you can post your comments below and share this post with your friends and family to enhance their vitality. Please consider also becoming a paid subscriber to Vitality Explorers to help support our work, to gain access to over 400 posts and podcasts about how to live your vital life. This week, we've talked about three things like we usually do. Um, that is uh, being educated and a coffee drinker is better than being a meat smoker and a dude. Um, Coffee hacks, in, hacks you into a flow state and life lessons from poker goat 
Bill Helmuth. Let's remember that one of these quotes about coffee or caffeine, and that is sleep is a symptom of caffeine dep deprivation. And oh, here's the other one. Coffee smells like freshly ground heaven. So thank you very much for listening to this week's Vitality Explorer podcast. My name is Dr. Alan Mishra. You can see all the references and the graphs and the pictures associated with this podcast up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful week. And until next time, get out there, make a dent in the universe and dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening.